Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Avenue Show. Today is Thursday, October 12th, 2023, and I am your host, of course, Mike Avenue, sitting along Pat DiBiase, who has towels of crying tears drenched from last night. And we'll get into that. Of course, his Dodger, his beloved Dodger Blue, they're singing the blues. <laughs> they're singing the blues all the way back to their homes because their winter vacation just started. So we'll get we'll get into that a little bit. We'll also shower the Phillies with with praise for being the exact opposite of the Dodgers. I'll get into that in a little bit. The field is set in the American League where we're going to have a team from Texas in the World Series. So how do y'all feel, you Texonians? Is that what they're, what they're called, Texonians? All you Texas people Texas. out there, you got to be pretty happy one way or another. You're going to be represented. And, of course, a lot of NFL talk. So let's get right into it, Pop. And, you know, the table setter, the Dodger conversation, let's get it out of the way. I was constantly worried and repeating myself that I just didn't feel that the Dodgers had the pitching staff. I'm not as concerned with Mookie and Freeman going, what was it, combined over 21 or over 29 or whatever it was, because in any two or three games, you know, it's not unusual to go over. I mean, that just happens in baseball. But really what I felt was going into these series is, or into this series, they just didn't have the arms, man. If you recall, when we did our baseball preview, I'm like, but aside from Kershaw, who do they have? And I didn't even knock Kershaw for his historically poor postseason performances. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be that 2.5 ERA, you know, crafty lefty that we've seen for, you know, a Hall of Fame period of time. But beyond him, you know, I even asked you the question, who's two? Lance Lynn? Bobby Miller? It almost didn't matter who they threw out there. The bottom line is this, Pop. They lost to an inferior team. Yeah, I, I don't care what anybody says. Oh, well, they were the better team on the field. But you know what? No. Diamondbacks are an inferior team. They don't have that great of a pitching staff. You know, their hitters showed up, and their pitchers made the pitch. And I don't know if it was the pressure that got to the Dodgers. I don't know if taking a few days off really hurts a baseball team like that. It shouldn't hurt the pitching, right? Because the pitching should be used to being off for four or five days in between. Maybe it threw off the hitters a little bit. I don't know. Pop, what do you feel was the ultimate downfall? And before you answer, I'm going to say this. I do not feel it's Dave Roberts' fault. I think the guy, if you look at it, contextually speaking, he is a legend, and I don't use that term lightly. 
Because look at how many teams have had high payrolls, like the Yankees and stuff, that don't win. I mean, there's tons of them. Tons of teams that spend a lot of money and don't go anywhere. The Dodgers, every year, they're a World Series contender. They have been for as long as I can remember. And Dave Roberts being in charge has been the nucleus of that. He's been the glue. So I don't buy any of this get rid of Dave Roberts. Who's better than him? Who are you going to bring that's better than him? So anyways, Pop, what, what are your thoughts? What happened? Well, you know what? Everybody's always patching, 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 patching. You got to score runs too, Mike. And I'm sorry. But when you got 400 RBIs, really 500 RBIs sitting in the first five holes, yeah, and you scored, what was it, six runs for the series, I think? Yeah. We need to, we need to fix the bottom half of the group. You know what I mean? We need to have some guys we know who can get up there and be and be clutch. And they don't have to worry about Mookie and Freddie getting off. They'll they'll be the reason why Mookie and Freddie get off. But at the end of the day, this goes all the way back to the Dodgers being cheap with the wrong people. I know that everybody had their belly like gripes and all this other stuff, but Cody should have still been here. And you know what? I give I, I'm gonna give Corey Seager three hundred million dollars. Why not? Corey Seager is a bad well, player. Then they move on. Then they move on from from Belly because he wanted to play full time and they didn't want him to. They only wanted him, you know, only to deal with right handed pitching or something like that. I mean, it wasn't the money, was it? I don't know. You tell it me. Was, it, it, was, it was money. It was it was money. It wasn't okay. about you want to do. Uh, they, they they knew Bellinger was about to uh, get better again. It was their impatience with the money. They wanted him to take a certain dollar amount. He said, you know what? I'm going to gamble on myself because I truly feel like y'all going to play with my time over here. So I'm going to go over here and get my worth back up so I can make sure I can still make a $200 million contract. That's why. Because the Dodgers said they wasn't going to do it. And he felt that he had, um, you know, had earned the right to that because he did have give us some MVP seasons and everything like that. But all in all, though, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. The Dodgers still were able to keep the machine going. And that's the difference between the Dodgers and, and pretty much 95% of the league. Everybody doesn't really know if they're going to make the playoffs every year except for the Dodgers. And when you have a manager like Dave Roberts, you literally, that's the reason why. And pretty much the last manager you could think that had it that good was Joe Torrey and his Yankees run. So when it comes to, are we going to, no, we're not going to get rid of anybody. What are you talking about? He won a hundred games uh, three years in a row. What is, he's a winner. That's what he does. He wins. He can't control what they're going to do in the playoffs. So Dave Roberts getting fired or having to step down, that's not happening because if that has to happen, you know what's going to happen. There's three teams that will be calling his agent immediately. The Yankees, Padres, and Giants because they need they, they want that type of winning. Oh, yeah, and the Mets too. Yeah, th just think about that. He, he wouldn't be going to go be the manager of the uh, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I will tell you that right now. He will be going to the biggest market he possibly could. Shit, even your Red Sox will give him a call. So, you know, you know how it is. So pretty much that's why they're all chomping at the bit because they rather see Dave Roberts be somebody else's manager because the Dodgers don't deserve a manager like Dave Roberts. 
That's the problem. But the Dodgers have did everything that you're supposed to do to be a championship dynasty team, but they just can't get to it because you can't match the hit with the pitching. You can't match the pitching with the hit. And it all comes down to October. You can do it all season long, but once it comes to this month of October, it's just a problem. But the last two years losing in this uh, initial round, I'm going to keep it real. The, the weight, mess the Dodgers up. And then when you play against a division opponent, I keep saying this, when they have the extended um, scouting report, you have issues. You can have troubles with these guys. And I just felt like what happened was with the Diamondbacks winning the series, they just were a hot team coming in and the Dodgers just didn't cool them off. But you could have cooled them off by scoring some runs. And like you said before, I even laughed at Jeff when he was on my show earlier. He talked about Merrill and Kelly. I said, Merrill and Kelly are not John Smoltz and um, Great Maddox reborn, dude. Stop it. Cut it out, dog. Because they have actually have had their worst uh, games ever against the Dodgers. So the Dodgers not being able to hit them, that should have gave us all the uh, the um, the, all the evidence we needed that this team wasn't showing up for this playoff run. And then we get to Arizona last night. They got the weakest pitcher in in the group that goes at the Dodgers, and he probably pitched the Dodgers better than both. Um, Mer uh Kelly and um um and um Gallon. So, you know, it's just whatever, man. At the end of the day, that you're so right, Mike, because what another thing that happened was they looked over and said, It's the Diamondbacks, bro. We can come back. It's the Diamondbacks, bro. We can come. They who are they, man? They they always lay down for us. But you know what though? Mike, I told you opening weekend, this Diamondbacks team was different. They do they and I said if we have to see them in October, it's gonna be a problem. And I knew this in April that they could be a, a sneaky wild card team because they're playing good baseball. And then they got off to a great start as well, too. But they were a team that was really inconsistent. And it goes back to what you said, Mike. You know what? It doesn't matter. They're still inferior. But this goes back to my point before I hand it back over to you. If you win a hundred games in a season. It don't matter if you're ready or not ready. You're supposed to perform and at least get to the ALCS. That goes for the Orioles and the Dodgers. And if hopefully it won't be Atlanta in a minute because Atlanta should get way more gripe than the Dodgers do if they lose the series to uh, Philly because they have a team that was supposed to win everything. The Dodgers weren't weren't really predicted to win everything. They were just a, 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 a nice value. But nobody had the Dodgers winning the World Series this year. Everybody's been talking about Atlanta all season long. So, Mike, I'll let you go back and take the floor, but that's my two cents on it. And to the America, Mike was just kidding around. Pop don't cry over these games, man. I am not five. <laughs> I do not. They win, they lose. But when you a Dodger fan, you understand that you're dealing with the bums, bro. And this goes all the way back to Brooklyn. You know, you know who you're dealing with, the lovable bumps. That's it. That's all. They made losing cool. You know what, man? Here's the deal. They lost, excuse me, they won that division by 16 games. Yeah, Mike. I know. If they won that division by six games, that would be a lot. That would be pretty, you know, dominating. You win divisions by five or more games, you know, you've, you've had it handled. But by 16, you know, it it begs the several questions. The first one is going to be, is the baseball playoff format 
representative or giving credit for your regular season evidence? Does it award properly if you have an ex excellent regular season? You know, is there a difference for an 84 win team or a 100 win team? Or if it doesn't matter at all, then, you know, you'll have, you, you could have 84 teams win the World Series. Baseball is cool with that. You know, it is what it is. Well, if they want ratings, if they want ratings, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep doing this idea. Or why don't we add two more playoff teams so then the one seed and the two seed can get their time as well, too, so they can have some games as well, too. Because I just well, don't I think like, that's the problem. I, I like think baseball like is not good. Huh? I, I, I was going to say, I think that's the problem. I don't, I, I, I think I, I don't that, know why. That is, I don't, that uh, is the problem because I think that is the problem because baseball is all about timing. You don't necessarily want days off at this time of the year. I don't think it's beneficial. Oh, we get to heal up and all that nonsense. They're already in the grind. I don't think they need the time. I think time off is a detriment to them. I think they need to be playing. But the, but the question is, does one additional home team reward you enough for being a 100-win team versus an 84-win team? That's the concern for me. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so you get one more home, home game. Okay. That's right. it? Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, okay, so now, now we win by 16 games and we get one additional home game. All right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. To me, I think what you said a minute ago, and also what if these guys played in a seven-game series? Do you think the outcome would have been the same? Hell no. Because we would have had patience because we would – see, this is what really killed the Dodgers. They played on Saturday, then they played game two on Monday. See, the way that the Dodgers lost on Saturday, they would have beat the brakes off of the uh, Diamondbacks if they would have been able to play them on Sunday. Because then it would have been a day turnaround. Roberts could have went ahead and adjusted the lineup to way that the way that it needed to be adjusted, and they would have beat the beat the living daylights out of the um out of the um um D-backs because I'm giving this example out because you saw what the Twins did when they got the second day. They came back and they played an absolute brilliant game and they won six to two and made it a series. That's what, what the problem was. They're, they were giving the National League side way too much rest, and I think they were trying to do that to benefit the Dodgers and the Braves to make sure that they set this uh, situation up, because I'm going to keep it real with you. If, I was sitting, if I'm sitting in the uh, MLB offices right now, I am teed off because i i don't want arizona at my party and pretty much i the brewers needed to send them home they didn't do that and now they're over here sending the dodgers home they're sending home my ratings because i know that dodgers phillies braves that's monster ratings d-backs phillies braves man we all uh skipping over to the college football game thursday night now yeah it's that's 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 what it's became, but I'm still gonna watch it. I'm still gonna watch it. And then you look at the the all Texas series. You say to yourself, "Well, there's no Yankees or Red Sox there, so I might watch it. I might not watch it." 
See, it's about, you know, the MLB is trying to make sure that they, they keep up with the big boys and everything like that. But the biggest way you can keep up with the big boys is when you have your establishments playing each other. And you can't keep rewarding teams for just trying. And that's what I feel like they did for uh, teams like the Blue Jays and teams like the Diamondbacks. They rewarded you for trying. You know, for being good enough to be around, to have, you were good enough to have a winning record. And so you get to get into the playoffs. No, 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 no. We might need to just go back to pretty much the four game set and to where teams that really earn the right to be in the playoffs get the opportunity to be in the playoffs. You can give the wild card team the benefit of the doubt because we've had some really good wild card teams that could have won their divisions. You know what I mean? But when it comes down to you adding these extra two teams in here, I feel like they just did not deserve to be here. They they did enough winning, but they didn't do enough winning. You get what I'm saying, Mike? Yep, yep, 100%. You know? And it just takes away from teams winning their whole – it makes division t- championships worthless. It's a, it's, a, it's a point for the pennant. And you know what? This wild card situation, it's good for the NFL because the NFL needs that type of parity to keep the, the fun going with it. But baseball is such a marathon of a season, and when you got the good teams, you want to see the good teams continue to play. You don't want to see the average teams that got in on – the last day of the season, who got who are just lucky, and then they get obliterated when it's there in a real series, and then it makes it to be where what the hell are these people doing here? You know what I mean? And that's where that's where it's like, okay, I know you want to compete, but you got to do things smarter than this, right? Now you make several pretty key points there. Let's take a quick commercial timeout since we're at a pause in the conversation. We'll come back. Maybe talk a little bit more about some of these other series. And I know also you wanted to kind of stand up for Dave Roberts a little bit too. So let's get to that after a quick commercial timeout. Pop Tibiasi on the Mike Avenger Show. We'll be back right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show with Pop DiBiase talking Major League Baseball playoffs, upsets, disappointments, hot streaks. You get them all in baseball. And right before we got off for the commercial break, I was saying that Dave Roberts, you know, he, he look at how many division titles they've won. They've been in World Series. They've won 100 games. They've done the things that you want as a fan, which is just get us to the playoffs and give us a chance. As a fan, that's what you want. As a player, that's what you want. And he's accomplished it. I, I don't really see any moves that were that questionable in this series. Ah, maybe, you know, usage of the bullpen or whatever, but they didn't score runs anyway, so it didn't matter. I, mean, I don't think that there was anything that you could really look at and say, Dave Roberts effed this up. I don't think so at all. Now, some people are like, oh, we, you know, you need Chase Utley to get them all rah-rah up. Why? Why Why is Chase Utley a better rah-rah guy than Dave Roberts? I don't understand this. You all want to complain about something. And so you just pick somebody else, a bench coach or whatever, and say, oh, he's the answer? No, nah, man, I don't think so. How many times, Pop, have you seen it? Where a team in any major sport fires a proven winner and then is able to find another proven winner to take over. Like it doesn't happen. Sometimes you end up spinning your wheels for years and you look back and you're like, we should have kept him in the first place. Classic example of that was Marty Schottenheimer with the chargers. You know, they got rid of him after getting the playoffs, whatever it was, three straight, straight years, four straight years. They got rid of him, and then they never made it back. And it seemed like they hired a new coach every other year. So what good did that do them? And that's usually the case. If the Dodgers fired Dave Roberts, you know, it's who, – who would you want instead? Like, seriously. And if you think about it, all these people want younger GMs And look at the guys who have gone far. Look, I don't know what the thing is about Dodger fans and things of that nature, but what what would Chase Utley improve the Dodgers upon? Chase Utley was an all-star baseball player in the MLB. Sorry, I think I, got, I think I got disconnected there. Uh, I would say Bruce Bochy and Dusty Baker, a lot of these old guys, they got it, man. Rob Thompson with the Phillies, right? Snicker, well, with the Braves, I mean, he's still in. It's the old guys. They have the experience. Those are the ones that are winning. So 
again, I think people want to pick at something when you lose and blame someone when you lose, but they're barking up the wrong tree, bro. Dave Roberts is a legit winner as a player and as a manager. What say you? Look, Dave Roberts is is A1 with me, man. There's no reason to get rid of Dave Roberts. Wouldn't it have been, been stupid if the Braves said, oh, we got to get rid of Bobby Cox? He took us to 14 straight playoffs. He only won world, one World Series. We got to get rid of the guy. No, they literally got a statue of the man out in front of the stadium. So, no. And, you know, Joe Torre, all the years he sat up there making the playoffs, were they saying at the end of the year with the Yankees that we're going to fire him? It's just because we have bad journalists in L.A. They always are looking for a dramatic story because it's a, it's a movie town. They always want to make everything a movie. They always want to make everything controversial. They always want to be listening to some stupid fan that's sitting in the uh, left uh, field pavilion that really only comes to one game every 10 years anyway. So what the hell does he, what, what, do, what do they know? They, uh, if you're a real Dodger fan, you ain't never had this, you, you ain't never had it this good. If you're my age, you know, if you're my dad's age, your dad's age, you, you, you know that you've seen the Dodgers have great, great moments with Tommy Lasorda and all that good stuff and uh, Austin and all that good stuff. But you notice that they had two men and two managers for about a good 50 year run. And then when Tommy Lasorda had to step down, the Dodgers probably have had about 10 since then. And, it all started to where they got a little bit of cohesion when they got Grady Little. And, you know, Grady Little was the the, the actual uh, uh, manager who was the part of the last sweep as well, too. And Grady Little brought back the winning to the Dodgers. I remember it. But Grady Little just didn't have the – the Grady Little did, did have the defects of a manager that, you know, you had to fire him. Then you bring in Joe Torrey. And Joe Torrey was supposed to bring the Dodgers rings. Joe Torrey barely was getting the Dodgers to the playoffs. Come on now. And then you got Don Mattingly, who's supposed to be the wonder kid. He's the bench coach, all this good stuff. Don Mattingly literally left the team because he couldn't. He kept getting lucky, too, where you barely made the playoffs. You got to go get Manny to save you. But Dave Roberts has been dominant. Dominant. You walk into Every season, knowing the Dodgers are going to the playoffs, it doesn't matter. He can bring up half the farm. We're still going to the playoffs because he understands how baseball works today. It's not about getting a younger manager because getting a younger manager is just getting a, a stupid manager who doesn't know what he's doing. A young person is not going to be able to run a baseball team. Stop it. Baseball is for the old folks. Get with it. And you got to have an older manager. You got to have Grandpa Dusty in there and Uncle Dave up in there. You can't have, you know, hot shot, cool Mike McDaniel smoking a vape in the uh, in the uh, dugout. You know what I mean? Uh, and and we're cool. And I'm telling players they suck. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. And I don't really look like I ever played the game, but I know a whole lot because I was on computers a lot. Man, I'm telling you, you need the guys that played the game of baseball coaching up, managing the game of baseball. You don't go get some, some some whiz kid to figure it all out for you. You know, you might as well just go get a robot if you want to just get an upgrade or somebody who's going to be younger with snappier decisions. No, a young manager is not going to know what to do. What's Chase Utley going to help the Dodgers do? Chase Utley wasn't a part of enough successful teams to even, even call for that. 
Were the mm-hmm. Phillies that good throughout his whole era? No, they were not. They were just, him and Jay Rowe were just a great duo. They had about four years. That's it. And the rest of the time, they were playing behind the Mets and the Braves. Keep it real. Keep it effing real. You know what I mean? So why would you suggest him to come in here? It's just, you sound dumb. You don't sound smart when you're doing that. Dave Roberts is the manager of the Dodgers. He has a con- the reason why they don't even want to say how much they're paying the man and how many years he has with the team so they don't have to hear people say, oh, that's too much. Oh, that's too long. Because Dave Roberts is pretty much their manager until he doesn't want to be their manager anymore. How about that? How about that, Mike? Because they're going to continue winning under Dave Roberts. That's what, mm-hmm. they're, that's what they're definitely going to do. And people just going to have to deal with it or just find you a new team. You could go root for the Angels. The Angels that has six managers in the last seven years. Go right. root for them if you, if you, if you want to see somebody get a new manager every single week. Go root for a team that's – go root for those over underachievers because the right. Dodgers, they win over here. That's different. No, you're, you're 100% right. Do you think that they've replaced John Madden – or not John Madden. Uh, uh, why am I not thinking of his first name right now? But Coach Madden, the one from the Rays and, and, and the Cubs, and, you know, the Angels should have been lucky to have him and to get rid of him. And, you know, have they found their replacement uh, manager since then? No. You know, it's not easy to find that guy that can run an organization. Keep something in mind. There's a reason that they're not called a head coach in baseball. They're called a manager. Yep. Because you're managing a lot of things. It's not just in the dugout. You know, you're managing all the way up and down the entire organization. And I'm talking like starting from rookie ball. You know, you're overseeing the whole process so that you're developing guys that when they get to the big leagues, they know the Dodger way. And by and large, they've done a great job. They've done a great job scouting, developing guys, bringing in guys who contribute as rookies. Name a team that's brought in more more guys that have contributed as rookies than the Dodgers. And I don't want to hear the Orioles because they just start doing this stuff. But if you look back each and every year to like 2015, you know, every year they call up rookies. Maybe it's a pitcher. Maybe it's a catcher. Maybe it's an outfielder, infielder, don't matter. They bring somebody up and he contributes. And that's been the Dodger way for a long time, man. I mean, in, in, at least in my lifetime, I don't think anybody else has more rookies of the year uh, besides the Dodgers. Right. You know, so you have to manage that whole process. So I'll ask again, who could come in and manage the process better than Dave Roberts? I don't think Utley could do it. I think Utley is that guy that you want as a bench coach. Uh, and he's fantastic to have, and he knows the game. He's an all-star, borderline Hall of Fame type player. You know, he was involved with some successful teams, right? I mean, yeah, it wasn't like, you know, the Braves run of the 90s or something. But, I mean, they got their World Series. You know, when Ryan Howard and Rollins were on the team, they were very successful. They had a nice little run. But overall, it seems like all the feedback is really good about him. That doesn't mean that if you're a good offensive coordinator, that you should be an NFL head coach. It doesn't mean if you're a good bench coach or pitching coach 
or hitting coach that you could be a good manager. It's night and day difference. It's a different job. And one doesn't necessarily prepare you for the other. They're very different. And that's why you can have somebody like a Mattingly go from a manager to what is, quote, unquote, like a lesser position. But it really, it's a different position. When you go to the Blue Jays, I don't know what his title is over there with the Blue Jays, but you could do that. You know, but you're probably not going to see an NFL head coach drop down and be a linebacker's coach. You know, maybe at most bring it back to his original. You know, if he was an offensive coordinator, got promoted, then got fired, maybe you put him back on another team as the OC because that's what he's good at. But in baseball, it's just a very different job, man. So we spent a lot of time on this, Pop. I think we both feel the same way about Dave Roberts. You know, it sucks for him. sucks for Dodger fans. It is what it is, as the old saying goes. And I think that, you know, the other component of this is Diamondbacks playing good baseball. You know, they're a hotter team. They had to scratch and claw for the month of September where the Dodgers didn't. The Dodgers really were coasting. You know, they didn't have any intense pressure-filled games. Whereas the Diamondbacks... You know, they're pretty much, if you fall on 80, 83 games, you know, they won 84. They won 84. If, if you end up falling to 83 games or 82 games, they'd be out. So literally, they had to win every game that they did end up winning. Whereas, and I'm going to just finish it with this, Mike. Okay. The, the Cubs had the worst week ever. Just know that. Right. Yeah, it was because the Cubs were trashed that week. That's why they're in the playoffs. That's the only reason why they're here. Well, you know what's interesting also is a lot of people are like, well, the 162 is, is kind of meaningless. Kind of depends on what perspective you're looking at it from, right? Because in terms of getting to the playoffs, man, there are some teams that lost some April games that had they won them, they would be in the playoffs, Right. So what happens in April, you feel the effects of it in September in terms of getting into the tournament. Right. Um, but, you know, it's look, it's a good problem to have when you win a division by a lot of games. I don't know if there's a big solution for it. Uh, you know, but I'm all ears to see if they can come up with something that's, you know, formidable. I don't know. And I'm not talking about something silly like home run derbies to decide, you know, anything or, or whatever, but, you know, maybe come up with a playoff format like soccer. What would you think about that, Pop? You have a group A, B, C, D, etc. Top two, advance. What, then you get into uh, knockout stages, like World Cup soccer. Right? So, group A might be whatever. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, you know, uh, oh, I don't know, Phillies and Braves, let's just say, for example. And then they all play each other once, top two teams advance. You know, I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas as a possibility. But let's keep it moving, Pop. Bryce Harper is the man. And the Phillies having two bona fide studs at the top of the rotation, Nola and Wheeler, something that the Dodgers didn't have beyond Kershaw. It's really showing up. And I'm sorry, I, the Braves are a very good team. 
And they could very well come back to win this series. But my concern with them was the pitching also. Like, Max Fried is okay. You know, they've got some like, decent pitchers. But do they really have, like, an ace and a, and a number two for the Braves? I don't see it that way. Do you? I don't know. Strider's pretty good. <laughs> That's all Strider. I can say. Strider's pretty yeah. good. You Fair. Know, he's Fair. Like 9K, 9K's literally each game. I don't know. He's a pretty good pitcher, Mike. Okay, but who's the number two then? Fried? Elder's pretty good himself. I know he struggled yesterday a bit, but he's been good as well, too. Maybe you could even throw in Morton. Yeah. See, to me, those are like threes and fours, in my opinion. Right. But I would they're, say they're this. Not like, they're not Kurt Schilling and Pedro Martinez. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's the gold standard, and maybe that's not fair. But you want to be as close as possible to that, to the Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz. Right. And you're not there with with Strider and Freed and Elder and Morton. They're going to give you some good innings for the regular season. But I don't think that they're like when you're handicapping, do you look at them and say these are like minus 300 pitchers? That's kind of what you want in the playoffs is you need to have two minus 300 pitchers. That's what the Mets were trying to do, so I applaud them for that. But they had those two, right? Verlander and, and uh, Scherzer. Each of their matches in the playoffs at home would be minus 300, right? Minus 280, something like that. Mm. I think you got to have that. And I don't see that with, with the Braves. I think that the top two for the Phillies are better than the top two for the Braves. That's my opinion. And everybody's enamored with with the strikeouts from Strider, and I get it. His strikeout capabilities is are, it's dominating, but overall, I don't know if I'd consider him a great pitcher. He's not going to be considered for the Cy Young Award. I'll tell you that much. That's wild, because he was so good this year to me. Every time I looked yeah. up. He had- it was like no runs, no runs, one run. But then when he got hit, he got hit. He got hit hard, too. And, and maybe that's why some of his statistics, you know, balanced out in a manner that wasn't, like, as impressive to me, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe because of what you just said there. Um, but, uh, and I, in fact, just before we go to commercial here, I'm just going to pull it up just so that way I'm not speaking out of my you-know-what here. Uh, but... Let's see here. The regular season, Strider's numbers were – now, his record was dominant. He was 20-5, and five, okay? Uh, his ERA was almost four, Pop. Mm. 3.86. Well, you look at all of his starts, and you'll tell yourself that, okay, he had probably he, – he, 30 appearances, he probably made – 20 really solid starts and then had five really bad starts and then he had five eh, starts, you know what I mean? And that's how your, your, your ERA get to that because say you do five, give up five in a row in one game, then four in a row in another game. And you know, it's just, it just piles up, but that's how it is nowadays in today's MLB. Your ERA is still a big deal, but with some of these pitchers, they just dominate and still got 4.2 ERAs and things. Right. Yep. Because the time clock, you're not going to have 
pitchers being able to be the the Maddoxes of the world where they can, you know, walk around the plate four or five times before they throw a pitch. No, exactly. It's a different ballgame now. And yeah, that might yeah. be a factor involved in it. So let's take uh, our final time out. We'll come back and uh, talk a little National Football League right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. You know, we didn't really get a chance to talk too much about the uh, American League and how, how those series went. But really, the, the, I think the story of this postseason so far is, you know, there's a good possibility that all the top records, if, if the Braves lose, all of the top records in this year, all the top seedings are gone. Like, you might be left with, you know. You still got the Astros. Well, but I mean, look, look at their, I mean, did they even get to, let's see, did they get to 90 wins? Yeah, they did. It wasn't by much if they did, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you but you, the Astros. Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks, 84 wins, right? And they, they're going to be potentially in the World Series. Yeah, so the Astros and the Texans both had the same record, and they both were at 90 and 72. So they barely got to 90. The Phillies, same record, excuse me, 90 and 72. And then the Diamondbacks, 84 and 78. But Mike, I'm just going to give them their props though, because you have to understand that 
them, the the two Texas teams in Seattle battled it out the last six weeks. And then sure. when you look at you look at what the Rays and the Blue Jays and all of them did, they all were front runners for a little bit as well, too. And they found themselves having really good moments in time. Now, the messed up part what happened with the Astros, they were headed towards 100 wins, then they had a snag of snag food. The Rangers looked like they were headed towards 100 wins, then they had a snag food. This is why they're playing so much better than the teams that are getting that have 100 uh, win records because they had to go through that adversity. And this is why it was really like, I hope the Dodgers don't win 100 games because it's going to be tough to win in the playoffs. Because when well, you look that's a fair point. 95 games, you went through some things, man. That's it. Look, that's a fair point. But then I can also say that the Orioles and the Rays, they duked it out all the way until like the last couple of days of the season. Yeah, you know, one did. ended up with 100 wins, other one with 98 wins. 99. You know, uh, there was a 99. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just to me, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to pinpoint. But I agree with you to the extent that when you have that kind of three-team battle, then you've been playing in pressure-filled moments for an entire month and a half. You know, remember when Seattle ripped off eight in a row and they got themselves back into contention? You know, it pushed Houston as a possibly outside looking in. At that point in time, it was like Houston and the Red Sox, you know, were on the outside looking in. And Houston stepped on the gas pedal. They did what World Series champions do. They bared down and they got the job done. But, yeah, I think you make a point, man. It was a three-team battle. They grinded, grinded out at bat after at bat after at bat, and they're just continuing to do the exact same thing as we go. Now, they're a much superior team than the Twins. You know, I, I, I think Twins were probably the worst team in the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and when, and when you look at statistically speaking, you know, the Twins actually had much, much better pitching than anybody would have expected. But their hitters are either home run or strikeout, simply put. It's yeah. it's not a very well-constructed offense at all. Um, so that's that's kind of a, a quick uh, snippet on, on the Twins. Who you got, Texas or Houston? Um, either way, it's going to be a hell of fun to watch. I know. I really don't care, though, at the end of the day who wins the series because I think that, you know, it's going to be a good series. It's going to wind up being the winner of the series. It's going to be a team that possibly is going to probably lose in the World Series. I think that if the Rangers win, they'll definitely lose in the World Series. And if the Astros win, they got a better chance to win the World Series. That's what, how I'm looking at that one. Are you kind of saying that you think the Phillies are going to win it all? Um, the Phillies haven't won tonight yet, so I'm uh, I'm not handing the Phillies a title yet. But if the Phillies are able to win the get into the World Series this year, they'll beat one of those. They'll be they'll they'll be able to get it because they have the right flow. They got the right mix, and you see how confident um Harper is this year. And they got a healthy Harper. I don't know did they have a healthy Harper last year? Not really. They got a healthy Harper this year though, and I think that's going to wind up being the difference in them being the World Champions this year. Who do you want to see in the World Series? Um, I would like to see the Braves and uh, Astros go out. They had some good theater a few years back. It should be – and they do feature probably the best two lineups um, 
that you can really put out there, even though the Rangers got a great lineup as well, too. You know what I mean? But I just feel like they have the right type of lineups. But if you want the star power there, it would be perfect to have the Rangers and the Phillies because you could have Corey Seager going at um, Bryce Harper, and it can be a great – and that's when you can talk about the stars in the game. So you think baseball would want the Rangers and the Phillies? Right. Markets, those markets really call for those markets will be be uh, all in on those games. They'll be. Yeah, all man. yeah man. I mean, look, the Dallas Fort Worth area obviously is uh, pretty passionate mm-hmm. about their sports. And it's a, it's definitely a bigger metro area than, than Houston. I think either way, almost no matter what, as long as we don't get the Diamondbacks, you know, as long as it's the Braves or the Phillies, I think MLB will be happy. I think it'd be pretty disastrous if they got the Diamondbacks. I don't think anybody gives a rat's ass about them. And I don't think anybody knows any players there besides Corbin Carroll, who is damn good. Um, so I think I think we're set up to probably have a really good World Series matchup either way, whether it's the Braves or the Phillies, whether it's the Astros or the Rangers. And if we're kind of like picking, you know, picking between, you know, one and one A or one A and one B, you know, yeah, I think the Rangers may be a slight edge in terms of wanting them to go mm-hmm. baseball wise, but I'm going to give my predictions edge to the Astros. Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker. Now you could say the same thing about Bochi. Say his name three times. But what I think is, is that Baker, I mean, he's been involved with this team for a little while now. He knows this team really, really well. He knows what works in the playoffs really, really well. This is Bochi's first time with this group. So he doesn't know necessarily what to expect from each of these guys in the playoffs. They haven't done it before. So I'm going to give the experience edge to Dusty and the veteran team that are multi-time World Series champions. A lot of the same core guys have won several rings. Now, speaking of doubts... Dallas Cowboys over the last two weeks, it's a funny roller coaster, man, because I wasn't really ready to crown them a great team. I mean, okay, so what to do? They whooped up on the Giants and, and some crappy teams. You know, their defense has been in the right position to score four touchdowns this, this year, which is tops in the NFL. So a lot of their offensive firepower, if you will, has been through their defense. And they got run over by the best team that they faced. It wasn't even competitive. It wasn't even close. There was not a moment in that game where you're like, you know what, I think the Cowboys can win this thing. No. I <laughs> steamrolled them. I don't think that the Cowboys are that great. You know, I think they're a playoff team. You know, but I don't think that they're, like, that wonderful. And I think their passing game is weak. And I don't mind even Dak Prescott. But, I mean, I think it's it's – Here's the thing. Aikman and Irvin and Emmett worked really, really well because they had an offensive line that was Hall of Fame talented. They had a fullback who was Hall of Fame talented, Moose Johnson. They had a tight end in Jane Novacek, who was one of the best tight ends in the game. I really think that the Cowboys are pretty much Dak and Lamb and to an extent, maybe Pollard. But offensively, they're just not that good, man. 
They're, they're not a very good passing team. I know a couple of years ago, they had a ridiculous chemistry passing-wise. I think it was during that, I was going to say strike-shortened year, during the COVID-shortened year. But sorry, Cowboys fans. I know there are a lot of you out there. I just don't think the Cowboys are the real deal, man. What do you think? Um, you know what? I've been kind of – I've been on that kind of since the before the season even started. When I did my preview, I said, this Cowboys team doesn't give me the feel that I'm excited about them, but I know that they got one of the better rosters in the league and everything like they usually do. And I know that the defense is going to be awesome and all that good stuff, but they just don't give me much on the offensive end. And I said that the star power left when they didn't want to bring back Zeke. Tony Pollard's not going to be able to uh, – do what Zeke truly did. I know they got this idea he can, but I said Zeke made life a lot easier for him. That's like cutting Emmett and having his backup takeover. It's just, how's that going to work? So pretty much the Cowboys, you can see it right now, that there is a little bit of some kinks in the armor. They're 1-2 against the NFC right now, but 2-0 and against the AFC. So, you know, there's some things that they can work out and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I just really think that the Cowboys are a little cooked right now. But they'll be a better team as the season goes along. And once they get into the meat of their division, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Sneaky, sneaky matchup this week. The Niners are going to Cleveland. No, they're not. They're going to L.A. to go play against the Chargers. And you're talking about the 49ers who are playing yeah, against the Niners. Is yeah, that yeah, what I said, the Niners? No, you said the yeah, Chargers. Uh, no, no, the 49ers playing against Cleveland this week. Right. Uh, on the road in Cleveland there. Uh, I don't even know who the Cowboys are playing uh, this week. The Chargers. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, that's right. Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. I think that's a sneaky matchup. Niners and, and the Browns. I think it's uh, – you know, it's not an automatic point spread. It's almost 10 points. What do you think about that matchup real quick? We well, got it's, a, 10, it's 10 points here. because Deshaun Watson ain't playing. So I don't know what the Browns are going to be able to do, but if they can figure out some offense against San Francisco, they'll be fine. But the one thing that they may have to do is they may just have to go out there and have an ugly 6-3 to three game with them. That's the best way you can go uh, attack that game if you're the Browns. The Browns are going to have to play their best defensive game of the season, but they're in a, a moment right now where they can take this one as a, uh, a another bye week in a sense, but I, I do uh, uh, think they will play hard in this game, and when you get a 10-and-a-half spread like that, you should jump on it. You shouldn't let them fool you about this game. The Niners were a lot sexier at five and a half. They're not much. They're not that sexy at ten and a half, especially when you're coming off of a um, Sunday night football game, and then you got to travel back east against the best defense in the NFL. There you go. I completely agree with you. The other good matchup uh, this week, uh, which we don't have time to talk about, is the uh, excuse me, the Lions and, and the Buccaneers should be interesting. Give me the Bucks. Yeah, but, so but anyways, we gotta wrap the show, Pop. We gotta wrap it up here. As always, thank you to all the listeners out there. Without you, there's no show. Thank you to Voice America, to Pop DiBiase. That's all we got. Have a great sports weekend, everyone. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.